afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are, and whenever you're listening to this. Um, it's uh, when is it? It's January 2022, and um, uh, as always, uh, I'm joined by interesting people. Um, this week, I have uh, one of the most curious characters to ever have come on our Yin Yoga 200-hour teacher training out of our 500-hour program. Um, it is Eve Mutso, and she's all the way over in Estonia. Good afternoon, Eve. Hello. Eve, uh, Eve as you're going to hear, has a wonderful, really interesting, fascinating background. And uh, I remember when I, when she said, I want to join your teacher training, and then I, I, I think, she, I think you, she did it from her own official web address so of course i just googled it and went oh this is interesting who's this and uh, i thought okay this is going to be fun and it was fun and uh and so welcome eve uh how is how is it doing in estonia i feel like it's in my head it's winter wonderland at this time of year is that true <laughs> hello and thank you for having me um yes i'm sending you greetings from narnia um, it is <laughs> minus 14 in Tallinn in Estonia and wow. it's actually uh, very snowy and very slippy at times uh, so staying upright when walking my dog is a real challenge so it's uh, yeah it's we have four seasons and right now it's a peak winter, um, peak, winter. peak winter with lots of snow so um, yeah I'm enjoying actually seeing the real um, change of the seasons and and uh, yeah it's fun but I love Scotland so coming back to Scotland every now and then and uh, just rejuvenating myself with projects and then coming back to my real life and yeah it's I think I'm a traveling artist probably all my life because work takes you to places yes <laughs> high five yeah to gypsies I like it uh, now, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Eve, because um, you are, when did you first start dancing? Did you just, you know, roll out of the womb and into a pirouette? Um, yeah, I, I was very uh, energetic child and uh, <laughs> mom took me, put me to gymnastics group. At okay. that time, Estonia was still part of uh, Soviet uh, occup occupied uh, uh, so part of the Soviet uh, regime and these kind of uh, cold and big gym halls uh, were really not a friendly place to uh, get your body going. So I, from the early on, um, I remember a lot of pain and like just very yin approach to stretches. Um, so I was doing gymnastics and then I still didn't stop dancing at home. So my mom put me to Estonian folk dancing group. Huh. So I kept doing the gymnastics and folk dancing and folk dancing also had like ballet bar exercises and mm -hmm. center. And, and we did lots of uh, performing with that group. And I still had too much energy. So mom said, well, maybe we should try to uh, <laughs> audition you to ballet school. And, uh, and that's when the truth uh, arised about my um, physicality that um, um, some parts of my body are very flexible almost mm -hmm. double jointed or hyper extended mm. and then some very 
not so externally rotated. As you know, classical ballet demands uh, a great external rotation and bending. Femur joint, yeah. I, yes. Uh, so my hips are very turned in, actually. Oh. Uh, yeah. Believe it or not, I get I got great internal rotation, but not mm -hmm. very good external rotation. But I got at the same time I got um, very bendy shoulders and uh, I've seen them. Yeah, <laughs> sway back legs like hyperextended legs and good feet. But there's a big conflict in my hips, so I almost didn't get into the ballet school. I got lots of exercises for summer, but phew got in and started my ballet training was when I was 10 years old and did nine years of academic classical ballet training in Italian wow. ballet school. Yeah. What is, what, is, uh, what is Estonian folk dance like? I mean, I, in my mind, folk dance is kind of like, from my Scottish perspective, you know, like kind of Gaelic sword dancing or river dance, Irish kind of stuff. Are we, is it, what is it compared uh, to those? Yeah, lots of kind of quite difficult patterns when you get older but uh you start in the circle and you do clapping and uh, stomping the legs and and hold the hands and bring the circle in and wide and do little swirls and and yeah it's the hiding underneath the arms and so weaving and circling and jumping and hopping and clapping and yeah okay any swords involved no no swords no swords <laughs> probably a good idea <laughs> but yeah I loved it but obviously um, still too much energy and and ballet school <laughs> put the end to that so it was very different training did you um, say ballet took put an end to that well um, I didn't have any leftover energy after ballet school uh, mm. finished uh, we we trained six days a week mm -hmm. uh, nine years so you're going to school at this time a little bit as well? Yeah, we had a, a normal school, so academic uh, studies continued. So in the morning we had like um, maths and literature and history and science. Um, and then um, they were kind of layered with uh, ballet and character dance, historical dance, uh, um, you know, partner dance. We got kind of specific subjects as well, like antique mythology. And so we oh. really theater history. And so mm -hmm. the studies were shaped towards what um, artists um, should, should know about the repertoire. They're going to dance and, and the music history. And I studied piano for nine years for rhythm and- uh, Ah, okay. So it's oh, kind of shaped education, yeah. A really deep, rich dive into the performing arts focused around classical ballet. Yeah. Ah, that's that's wonderful. And uh, what what uh, kind of physical training did you do? That's a long time. Do you remember? Was it split into different approaches or disciplines, or do you remember? Well, we had to always be in the studio at least half an hour to hour before. So we mm -hmm. did our own kind of, well, at that time, the teacher showed you some kind of exercises, which now is basically frog, lizard, you know, all this yin yoga. Ah, so stretch, passive stretching. Yeah, yeah passive, uh, kind of passive stretches, but we always try to be next to the radiator, you know, because we, <laughs> we thought if you add heat, you'll get more bendier. Mm. 
uh, so splits, uh, backbends, uh, you know, warm up our, our feet, um, did the point work, uh, um, always boys uh, practice the pirouettes and girls practice the balance and uh, lifts and stuff. So we kind of made our own stretching routines before and then after as well, we stayed in the studio often. So if I now look back, it was yin, yang, yin. Ah, okay. It was always yin before yang and always yin after yang. Mm. So it was, that's why when, when we did those um, teacher training, I was thinking, wow, I've actually had this kind of prog um, or a butterfly pose in my repertoire for 30 years I've been doing it. Wow. So, uh, without knowing it was, you know, kind of yoga pose. So mm. yoga was always part of my preparation and cool down. But you just didn't call it yoga at the time. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And yeah. the balance as well as a ballerina, as a classically trained ballerina, like Basically, tree pose is our passe retire, which is like a turned out uh, um, mm -hmm. knee, which you hold with your hip uh, and um, kind of like elevated um, pose. And you are, one thing that always strikes me with classical uh, ballet dancers is the strength. Do you work out in the gym? Do you do weights? Um, boys had like weights in like written into their timetable but but uh, for us it was always um uh, kind of the teacher always said don't like we don't want to see your thighs like right like horse rider like we need to have long lean and strong muscles so mm. they didn't want to see bulky muscle they didn't want to see kind of any uh, um any muscle bigger than it should be as a uniform look so we always try to you know kind of keep our muscles long and lean and strong and stretched and and uh, uh almost yeah the the aesthetic of I was about to say, it's almost like you're sculpting an art piece which is a living art piece which is you um That's yeah wow. it was very uniform look uh, um, mm. anybody who waited over a certain amount of kilos uh, had to go to the diet because it's hard for the boys to lift and boys backs can get injured. So it was always back on the, my mind, like I shouldn't weigh more than that amount, which was written. How, mu how much would be that amount? Do well, you remember? kind of 55 kilos, no more than wow. 55. If you're over 55 kilos at, at kind of growing age, uh, boys couldn't put that much pressure. Like mm. when we talk about press lifts, like lifts mm -hmm. uh, into the straight arms. Um, uh, so yeah, it was very much kind of, I was, I was living my life with this kind of- uh, Focus. Focus and in a bubble, in a supported and uh, in a way safe bubble, but didn't see much world outside oh. the ballet school. But, uh, and, and, where, and please tell us where it took you because it took you, this focus and hard work took you places. And um, tell us a little bit about your story. So you, you worked like, sounds like incredibly hard for a decade. Yes, and then when I turned 19, when I graduated uh, ballet school, I, uh, 
I was offered the job in Estonian National Ballet, which is pretty much quite classical ballet company. Tutus, mm. tiaras and fairy tales and um, a little bit of modern repertoire creeped in, which I was <gasps> shocked and hungry for. But um, <laughs> yeah, I went to dance with Estonian National Ballet for three and a half years and then joined Scottish Ballet in Glasgow uh, in 2003 and danced 16 years with Scottish Ballet. So a girl from Estonia just goes, oh, I'll go to Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a calling towards <laughs> um, repertoire was just so attractive uh, um, for me. Uh, Ashley so, Page took over the company, um, uh, ex-Royal Ballet dancer, mm -hmm. a principal character uh, artist uh, and uh, I did uh, my audition in London and got the job and, and I was just, oh, that's, that's when the real work started, Google. That's a bigger really world. Working, yeah. Ah, and the, so the, I guess, what, what draws a, a dancer to a, to, a, um, to a particular place or to work? Is it the people? Well, first of all, because our career is so short, only mm. 20 years, they, mm. you know, roughly. Um, after graduating the, the ballet school, you every year counts. So you want to try to dance as many interesting and, uh, mm. and uh, kind of push your boundaries as far as possible. So interesting repertoire, inter work with interesting uh, choreographers, rehearsal directors, artistic directors, composers, uh, set designers you know that's the magic of the theater that's why i went to ballet school as well i was fascinated by the magic of the theater and and what can happen once the lights are down and the <laughs> the, the show starts it's like oh, i was just uh, imagination runs wild it still sounds like the magic is magic for you yeah it is i still like squeeze my daughter's arm when the lights go down well, um, yeah, she's probably like, oh, stop it. But I still, anything is possible. Even when I've seen the show five, seven times, every live show is different, so. Mm. But yeah, I mean, um, the, and you, you know. danced and danced and danced and you ended up, uh, I, I'm not a, a dancer. I've tried to research a little bit so I don't say anything silly, but uh, you ended up as the principal dancer at the, at the Royal Scottish Ballet. Yes, I was promoted after uh, I joined as a soloist and then I was promoted to principal dancer. Um, and that was just incredible. We toured the world, not only Scotland and UK, but we got to see a lot of different stages and it was really fantastic time, but obviously takes the toll on your body. I've danced through quite a few injuries and, and I had a baby so I came back after <laughs> having a baby and like climb my way up where I left it it's not an easy place to leave wow um, and then yeah stuff also happened like uh, injuries and uh, and niggles the older you get the niggles and and injuries take longer mm. to get over and sometimes they don't leave you anymore so your body changes adapts and um yeah Yoga came to my life at the very right time when I thought, oh my God, I, I'm in the end of my career and my body is a mess. Like I'm falling apart. What now? So what that's when, you, yeah. 
what does I mean uh, that uh, this can we talk about this for a little bit because this is uh, I mean I've I've worked with a fair number of professional sportsmen and women and um, it's always what you have just said um, to a fair amount is their bodies are they cannot go anymore and they often use the words broken traumatized the amount of surgery and drugs um, in top performance sports blows blows me away it completely blows me away if we talk about you know and the extremes top athletes will go to like Andy Murray who's you know the Scott Scotland or Britain's top men's player double hip surgery in his early 30s um, the lengths that um, people who love moving their body will go to as a yogi we are just it's so lightweight compared to you guys uh, we you know uh, we just go into Shavasana and child's pose. Uh, <laughs> but can you talk a little bit about, about how the mindset, because it, it, it's, it's, just, it's just so different to the way that I have been you know, brought up in movement and the way to move my body. Um, injuries really play with your mind because as a dancer, if you don't dance, who are you? Like you really question that, um, your identity, um, your worth, your body is your tool when the tool is broken and you don't know if it ever will get fixed. So it is like you're going to the panic mode, mm. especially some of the dramatic injuries I've had when you hear your ligament uh, popping, like you break your ligament in front of your coworkers during and then the music has to stop and everybody runs around you. And, and you know that two seconds ago, you were on top of your world. Mm. And two seconds later, you're worthless. Literally, somebody will always come and fill your place and uh, show must go on. So you're just like, it's a very quick and very dark um, uh, place <laughs> you you dive into and uh, so oh. many people don't even want to go through with the extensive and and painful and uh, um, uh, very expensive in your mind and body and wallet uh, the journey and they just stop and time yeah how how long was your if you don't mind me asking, was your longest injury? Do you remember? Oh, it it happened in stages. I uh, my biggest, like the most um, taxing injury was breaking ACL, anterior cruciate ligament. Yeah. And uh, it happened in stages. I think I tore it and then, you know, strengthened the muscles around it. Went back on, danced another two years, and then it started to be really un. Um, not secure, like really. Mm -hmm. um, Your knee was felt unstable. Unstable, yeah. Mm. Even on stage, like doing the like solo dancing, wow. the solo orchestra is playing, and I feel like something is not right. Oh, fix fix yourself back, like focus back, and then thinking coming off, oh, almost like phew, that show just I escaped. Wow. But then when you're really tired and, uh, oh. and things happen, so. Uh, I broke it eventually. I really broke it. It was like on the last leg. Um, so, and then I was away for 10 months actually. It's for six months, I couldn't pivot or twist. 
And then when I got all clear, I um, I got myself back in shape in two months, and then I was back <laughs> on stage. Like, yeah, it was like, come on. And what do you what do you, what do you so from the moment of breaking the ACL to being back on stage? I'm I'm sure. I mean, there's so many ways of there's the emo the emotional roller coaster, which I, which we could talk about, but um, the the physic. What do you do? So you break, and for those that don't know. Uh, the ACL, the anterior cruciate ligament, is one of the four really important stabilizing ligaments of the knee. And that's not a simple fix. It's uh, one of the most stable, hard tissues in your body. Think about your knee. Um, how do you go about fixing that? Uh, well, there was few options, but I, I uh, chose my own uh, craft. <laughs> which was taken from my hamstrings, so tendons. Okay. It was fibers of tendons from my hamstring, um, mm -hmm. and they turned it into the rope, so-called rope. They doubled, um, they doubled the tendon into okay. kind of ropey yeah. thingy, which blows my mind that it was dead on the operating table, and then they put it back into my knee, and it became a ligament. So. Yeah you made ligament Maybe. out of the fibers of tendon. Mm. And then you drill the holes into the bone and increase the blood flow. So it attaches. And then obviously they did a bit of meniscectomy as well. They did 50% of the lateral and medial meniscectomy. Yeah. So I lost some of that, my meniscus. Uh, but I mean, with the willpower, where's will, there's way for me. Like, so I had really good physio and uh, and my my uh, after operation care was really good. I was I was under the very good care of the Scottish football um, ah. national football teams physios, mm -hmm. and I was uh, doing a lot of like hydro pool exercises, and I had lots of tools, and uh, I refused to leave the gym. So I even ate my lunch under the bench, because the more hours in the gym means I will get better quicker. <laughs> But it's, I mean, to, to most people listening to this, I don't know, Eve, if you're going like, doesn't ev in your brain, doesn't everybody do this when they get injured? But most, uh, air quotes, normal people, you know, when they pull a muscle or get a hurt shoulder or, you know, get a stiff neck or a bad back, they don't do any of what you just said. It's normally lie down, sit on a sofa, um, and take ibuprofen and then maybe a bit of wine and uh and hope for the best that it kind of works but what you have just laid out in very simple terms is totally the opposite you have to really work to keep your body to put it back in shape because time is ticking Dougal. because time is ticking yeah for time and uh time as a subject has always been um, now with yin yoga as well, time is the secret sauce. Time, <laughs> it's all about time in your life. Timing mm. of who gets, like, who do you get as your physio? Who do you get as your consultant, your surgeon? Um, will you will you trust them? Will you trust the time? Because often when dancers get injured, they're like, ooh, let me try. Oh yeah, it's still sore. Five minutes later, oh, maybe I can push it. No, it's still sore. <laughs> So very, like, not very patient because time is running out. So 
Um, obviously, you... I had setbacks in my uh, in my recovery as well. Like you know, I did too much, too soon, and I learned my lesson. But you, I guess, through that, right? You learned your lesson through that. You learned how much was too much, mm-hmm. how much was not enough. And you found kind of a sweet spot or a balance between those two, for the requirements that you had and the, the desire and the passion to dance that you had. But also, do you know what helped me a lot um, was uh, uh, my physio's assistant uh, did uh, her um, research project on me, and it was all about imagery. Yeah. Obviously, they did the research, <laughs> but it was all about imagery, and imagery really helped me to get rid of the fear of the big elements like jumping, landing, even like first after operation. I was, I couldn't uh, imagine running down the stairs, but mm. then just imagining and activating these wow. uh, brain, um, going through, closing my eyes, imagining I'm running down the stairs, stopping myself. So activation in the brain activates your muscle and, and actually kind of, it's scientifically proven that mm. it already strengthens by just imagining you doing something. For me, that blew my mind. I was like, mm. I'm dancing in my head. Okay, I'm not <laughs> dancing in physically yet, but um, that that was a great help. Um, wow. And uh, and so you surrounded yourself with people who know what they're talking about. Mm. You trust you trust then I guess the ones who didn't work, you didn't work with. And um, and you you know you when I look at um, I mean you talked about um, the hyperextension of the knees. That's one of the looks in classical ballet, right? And for people who, you know, like if you imagine a straight leg, but up on point on both legs and then the knees hyperextended to the legs are almost like a, uh, uh, it's a very graceful kind of, um, almost like a U, not a U shape, but it's not straight. Sway back, we call it. Sway back. Yeah. It's very great, it's such a graceful look. Yeah, if, uh, that's why when sometimes I see, some yoga poses being demonstrated with a slightly bent knee. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like aesthetically, I want that knee to be locked. <laughs> like yeah. yoga says, lock your knee. And I have locked my knee, but like sometimes it's not useful for balance. You have to have that so-called micro bend in it. So mm. you can constantly fix yourself. So um, yeah, lots of things, which actually the yoga, which was in my training, um, yeah, it might look like a locked knee, but actually there's always room for a little improvement, little lift, little inner spiral that keeps the life going and keeps you not falling over, you know, that, that mm. grateful thing you need. Wow. And, and as your career progresses and you're now uh, a very successful choreographer uh, in your own right, uh, I guess that's a whole new chapter of your journey. Thank you. I'm not very successful. I'm just, <laughs> I have few projects which have been very interesting, but success only, I think it's, I'm successful that I can call uh, myself uh, a choreographer because I, I get paid by doing it, but uh, success is for different people, it's different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I try not to compare myself to others because uh, that has paid me <laughs> lots of really painful lessons. But yeah, I'm moving towards more creating than dancing mm. in my own works as well, creating hopefully successful movement on others, 
um, and also teaching. I teach uh, trying not to hurt people <laughs> because I've, I've learned so much uh, by hurting myself that I try to now train and, and create um, respecting other people's abilities and uh, talent and, uh, you know, uh, trying, trying to have next generation of movers and dancers and, and theatre uh, people who don't have to go through what I went through because, that, you know, that's what, what life is all about. You're trying to eliminate the faults and, and the mistakes and, and yeah. let them have kinder and more successful career. So you've got to where you are and you, you still dance because I, I know you do, um, but I guess you don't um, hopefully end up in on a hospital bed so much these days. Uh, well, yeah, hopefully oh, not. Yeah. <laughs> the news is that my ACL is broken again. So obviously the surgery only lasts a certain amount of years. Um, mm. I'm back into hard dancing and uh, that new ACL lasted me nine years. So now, years. yeah, nothing is permanent, I guess. I have so much collagen in my body, apparently, that things just get loose. <laughs> mm, well, you, I mean, you have one of, you, uh, you mentioned your shoulders earlier, but um, I mean, you just have to think, people who are watching or listening this, you know, classical ballet, the range of motion that these guys and gals have is just outstanding and Eve, Every time we did um, range of motion tests in our teacher training, it was just like a leave Eve to the last because it was, you know, a kind of a dramatic crescendo. And then let's look what Eve can do. And then all of our mouths kind of went, you know, opened very wide. Um, but you must, I mean, you must have learned uh, over time. And you're kind of mentioning just now how to look after your body. Um, and particularly now, uh, as we age, I mean, if I look at my people my age, there are people who look after themselves in some way and the people who don't. And now in the, your 30s, 40s, 50s is when it really begins to show. How do, how do people like yourself with your background look after themselves post, uh, post the, the kind of the intense professional career in your 20s and early 30s? Mm, strengthening and the variety of different uh, um things i like cross trainer because mm -hmm. there it's not so much impacting my knees i can get my heart rate up and sweat <laughs> uh, so i quite like cross trainer um i like just not running but really fast walking and just mm -hmm. uh, in the fresh air <laughs> and um yeah yoga and uh, and actually teaching choreography and, and, and making sure I'm warm before I'm demonstrating elements. Because ah. I used to just jump in and show something. And then next day I'm like, oh, <laughs> my body is falling apart. But you do it from the muscle memory, not muscle memory, but from the old habits. But now I can't do that anymore. So I really need to prepare my body. Mm. Um, open up the studio half an hour, 45 minutes before and make sure I'm warm. Mm. Um, so yeah, <laughs> and but I mean, general, general things. I mean, I, I jump with this skip rope, what's it mm -hmm. called? Yeah. Skipping yeah. rope, yeah. Skipping yeah. rope and uh, yeah, squats, lots of squats. Mm. <laughs> I think people, you're still going with that energy thing. 
and of course, I mean, you, ballet is, is an expressive art. So it's art. So you kind of have your, you're keeping your body healthy. You're keeping your creative aspect of, of yourself nourished and well-fed too with the, with the choreography work that you're doing. Um, yeah, but I think uh, one of the biggest kind of heureka moments during the teacher training was for me was like uh, this, silence and the time of yin and and how to um how you forgive yourself for not being even like one leg is looser than the other one so you just quietly forgive yourself the unevenness and surrender and 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 uh, just kind of deep dig deeper and that's when the kind of clarity and the balance comes and creativity like a huge um like surge of creativity comes when you sit in those yin, yin poses so for me that was a i really needed that in my life in order to go being a dancer in transition and going into the more kind of creating dance for others not only through my own body and like ability and capacity but also seeing like from out and and uh, and viewing things could i unpack that a little bit with you Eve? because you know from i think for most people looking at you in your yoga practice and um uh, i know that you also practice bikram yoga as well um like you are a very you're super strong but you're also very bendy what does a person with your background and your back and your body type get out of in yoga because at, at first appearances it would look like well you have everything already um well the unevenness that one of my hips uh hip sockets is obviously more open than the the femur bone is uh, the head of the femur is mm -hmm. probably a different shape than the other one which allows my so-called alas second or leg to the side to be really high wow. and effortless and the yeah. other leg is like shaking like a little leaf <laughs> and you know something is really pulling it back and I couldn't understand so I always whacked my right side and never really kind of like was embarrassed about my left side mm. so in has really allowed me to slowly deeply investigate um, mm. my hips and my my the, the situation I have been in and not haven't even been aware of um, how different uh, variable anatomy has helped me tremendously. And, uh, and I used to do like two back-to-back -back two Bikram classes and just, or just go 6.30 Bikram class and straight to the ballet class. And you mm. know, that yang exercise, didn't, you didn't have time to investigate or forgive yourself. Mm. Looking into the mirror, it was more like, a, okay, let's get going. Yang, yang exercise, like the fire, and then, you know, running on that high. Um, but Yin is, is giving me peace and... and uh, so yeah. space to, and time to reflect and um, contemplate and time out and zone out. And I guess also to be less performance, mm. performance focused as well, because Yin is, you know, everyone's got their eyes closed. Is that a part of it as well? You're, because you come from an extremely competitive uh, discipline. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs>
and competing like I'm my own worst mm. critic, but also competing with others because you know there's always somebody breathing down your neck, wanting to take <laughs> your place. Mm. Uh, not in a bad way, but if the place is empty, there's always second, third, fourth cast who steps in. Yeah. So I mean, Yin helped me to look deeper. As you said, eyes closed. You don't, you know, you really simply you you have no performative aspect and and it helps you to sink deeper into the source, so-called root, which uh, um, which allows the ideas to surface. And uh, I think like settling, I'm I'm not very good at being settled because you feel like you're not doing much. Mm. Uh, so yeah, things has become the clearer the the who I am. I has I have to look at myself um, from within and and accept who I am as before. Mm. I'm, the mirror was there to tell you you're not good enough. You're not jumping high enough. Your legs are not straight enough. Your your turns add two turns like it's always mm. telling you to fix yourself as yin is like just accept yeah. yeah yeah well my you know my wife uh every now and again she'll look at me like you know kind of like like this kind of like you practiced yoga recently and i'll go like no she go well can you just go over there and do some yoga because you're a pain in the ass right now <laughs> and i'll go oh yeah. Thank you for reminder. Yeah, thank you. That's what uh, marriage is for, right? So um, you get, uh, and so what you're saying is, I think, because so many people look at the physical aspect of yoga, and what you're saying is, there's a whole sub kind of part of our consciousness and your awareness and your mind that you, and we kind of alluded this in, in maybe the, the, um, injury recovery uh, people i've worked with other people at the top of their physical game have found recovery mentally and emotionally the most challenging part not the physical part but the time where you can't dance or you can't run or you can't train and um i think that's what uh if i pick up andy murray again that's what he says like i, I must play tennis with a kind of obsessive look in his eye and mm. uh, yoga is not about normally not about performance it's a it's a what is the difference between moving as a as a ballerina and moving as a yogi and pace is different um, mm -hmm. also uh, you don't have to think about the audience so all that width and uh, projecting outward this is all out of the window. So having uh, ability and, and, and learning how to turn that energy inwards and take it back. And uh, yeah, almost that kind of confidence which you have built up and confidence is, is not a feeling, it's the skill, it's a focus. Um, and it's, you know, willingness to hold the, the, the courage and the bravery. So put that back into you it's very empowering, actually, for mm. me, it has been um, that my mat is my stage mm. and, and I'm staying on my mat and that's my commitment to my own practice. 
Mm. I'm not doing it. You go on stage because of your partner and because mm -hmm. of the audience. But now I, you kind of, it has turned my world. Wow. It really has turned my world uh, around and, and giving me kind of this uh, different view of who I am and what I'm capable of. So, I mean, I, I took it as a sign that I went, I went to the internet to search for a teacher and you popped up because I think if I would learn, we have, have been in other kind of training um, courses, maybe I would not have uh, got out what I have now. And, and to be honest, I'm really, really thankful and grateful that uh, um, crazy people like you turn out to be yoga teachers but you had the other career as well you had crazy career before yoga and yeah. and i can really relate to some of the the experiences you've told me about your highly young life and what yoga did for you and for your body so yeah i mean body body finds its way body um, that's that sounds like the title of your book the mind doesn't interrupt um it, and it's not because it's right, but because it feels right. Mm. Mm. Is it true that uh, dancers dance for themselves? Also, I have images of you running into wood and just, you know, bashing out your signature moves. I do dance with trees. <laughs> yeah, I just, it, I don't know, somewhere in my head goes, dancers must do this for themselves some, in some moments somewhere. Yeah, in, in summertime, when the sea gets warm enough to swim, that, that's when I go crazy in the waves uh -huh. and stuff, but not very often. You don't, like, you don't have to be scared when you see me on the streets that I answer <laughs> with, a, with a dance, you know, I, I keep the lead on, <laughs> hopefully. So, but yeah, I mean, the creativity <laughs> and yin yoga has, you know, just opened a whole new way of expressing myself. And, but through the really true, true and 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 honest place mm. because there's no time for faff or or pretending because if you're creating it has to come from a very like true source because otherwise i couldn't be i couldn't sign mm. that off because yeah. it's me yeah you have you have time and you know any writer uh there's a great book called um, the big magic which, which is a writer i think the woman who wrote um uh oh what's the julia roberts movie where she went to bali and uh have you ever watched that uh, one eat pray love eat pray love yeah the writer she talks about the creative process it's called the big the big magic and she talks in a similar way that you are talking Eve, you know about sometimes she just stares out of the window and then suddenly something just comes into her head or to her heart hits and then you, hits you in the right place and you're like I've been blind, I've been blind. Mm. Because in ballet, you create illusion. So you kind of get into that mindset, oh, people think I'm statuesque, oh, she's blonde, Scandinavian, so I have to kind of play that role. <laughs> oh, actually, I got so many, like David Bowie said, we got so many facades and, and mm. I'm not sure if the characters uh, create me or I create the characters, you know. It's, if you let, another facade to ah. be yours that's that's your kind of power to that sounds like a whole lifetime of projects uh, and creativity right there yeah sounds wonderful can i 
can I pull back a little bit to something that you said a little bit earlier, which is um, related to variable anatomy. And for those of you who don't know, who are listening to this, um, what Eve mentioned earlier, um, she's found one side of her hip was like this shape and the other side of her hip was the other shape. And um, we study this a lot in our teacher training. And Eve, I remember that, um, you know, one thing in yoga that we have, you know, a word that we use um, is practice and all is coming, um, this phrase. And we often interpret that as if you keep practicing, everybody in the yoga room, you know, can do all of the yoga poses. And I remember your face when we talked about this in the training and it gradually became very clear that you are blessed by, you know, incredible bones, uh, particularly for uh, classical uh, ballet and modern dance. And do you, how, um, may I ask, how, 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 how much knowledge is there about this in classical ballet? Is it some, uh, are people aware that some have the bones for, to be this type of dancer or for that style of dance? Is that something that's remotely discussed or talked about, um, at least in your experience? Um, I've heard stories about Russian ballet schools. When they admit the students, they send them to x-ray to find mm -hmm. out how open the hip sockets are. Um, mm. I didn't go through that, uh, but that's what I heard about the kind of really um, strict <laughs> Russian schools. But in my company, uh, obviously, during the daily ballet class, the, the, it's, it becomes quite apparent who has ah. open hips that's the morning training I, I call it my time until mm. um, 11:30. it's the morning class every day and that's when you prepare your body for the day ahead and then day um, finishes 6 30 in the evening so i mean in the class already um, choreographers or assistant directors come and assistant directors come and see who has ability who is fast who is who has high jumps um, and um, for me I knew that I, I'm never going to be a purely clean classical ballet dancer because I knew that I like you know I get bored of dancing just alphabet so pushing my hips out and elongating lines and and going further and you know just um, searching for line that never ends because your energy just keeps flowing through your fingertips and further and uh, up until the last row of the auditorium so so i mean i was costed sometimes in a neoclassical ballets where you just bash out like um, especially george balanchine um, New York City uh, danced this George Balanchine repertoire, which it was all about hips out, um, you know, balancing in in like on your big toe, not on your on your axis as such. But so very specific aesthetic yeah. requirements. Mm. Yeah, and I was suited to that kind of repertoire, so and mm. I was very happy to dance that. But also mm. sometimes it, I mean, the technically it was so hard. I remember crying under the piano because the choreographer, um, she didn't take notes, uh, sorry, choreographer's assistant, she used dictaphone, uh, what's it called, okay. like recorder, and yeah. I heard her saying like, she's not good enough, she doesn't have uh, open hips, and I and just like, 
in my pause, I remember just bawling, like my eyes were like, I cried out. I was thinking, I wish my hips would be more open so my spots <laughs> are impressive and I could do the New York, New York thing. And can you just, things that you cannot do, can you just practice and they come? Is that? No, no. no? I've always had this like really awkward frog, <laughs> which I stretched and stretched and stretched, but I had to hide it. So you learn with the, ah. skills, with the tools to push the better side forward. Um, I got long limbs, so I had to become very fast dancer because otherwise I wouldn't be casted. I would be always like behind everyone's. So yes, you can, you can train your uh, speed. You can train your attack. But if you don't have long Achilles, then you don't jump high and your land, landing is very short. If you don't have open hips, then you don't hold a la second for, you know, uh, very minutes. long because yeah. there's a limit. So some things you cannot fake. Um, you wow. can't change your bones. That's the but there are tricks of the trade. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Tricks of the trade, or if you have a very good partner, they do most of the job for you. So that's the <laughs> so find a good partner. Find a good partner and 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 know your faults and always you put your good side uh, forward. But I mean, only for so long up until punk becomes even more uh, challenging choreography where you can't hide anymore. So and you know, as a, a yogi now, I'm 49 this year. Um, there are poses that I cannot do now that I could do back in my 20s and eight, 18. Um, there's just no way I'm going back there. My, my bones have changed shape. It's not about strength. Uh, it's just that's it's the, my bones don't let that happen anymore. You feel that as a, as a dancer too? Mm, I've, I've noticed that with my spine, um, back bends actually. Um, I've noticed that, yeah, with a kind of full camel pose. Um, and well, some days it's funny, some days it's good and some days not so good. Mm. So again, help, you know, helping yourself to be okay. So you, are, you sound very aware. I mean, I'm, I'm working with someone right now who's the opposite of you. Like they, they have been a top yogi uh, for decades. I mean, top, by, by top, I mean, they've been pushed their body in a kind of the way that you have been describing. And they are, they've not had surgery, but they're fairly broken uh, in their back, in their hips, and in their knees because they've pushed it all. And um, the big thing that uh, I'm working with them with is to, you know, pull back from pushing it. Uh, and it's a really hard him uh to do that and uh it's not doesn't have meaning for him if he's not you know falling over the cliff almost does that make any sense to you yeah well it's the pain threshold as well pain mm. is normally quite a good indicator for you to stop <laughs> but unless i feel yeah. pain i've been in pain uh since i was going into those cold gym halls doing gymnastics. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, over 30 years I've been in pain every day. But like, even teacher says, like if you wake up in the morning and you don't feel pain, you're dead. And that's, 
that's told to you when you're in school. So my Scottish grandmother is exactly the same words. Yeah. I'm not in pain. I must be dead. Yeah. Exactly, and and like pain, even on stage. I mean, adrenaline, that fight and flight mode, um, helps you to uh, deal with that, deal with the situation, and and you don't really feel pain. But always, always pushing past the pain because if the if the movement is comfortable, you're not doing it right. There's always more. There's always like the hunger for more and better and higher and and you know the technical aspect is taking over the artistry and that's when i i i felt like something in my in my um balance uh in performing mm -hmm. got really on you know uneven and how, is that a is that a cul-de-sac is that a, a dead end or are there ways out of it i mean you're talking i mean you i'm you're talking about working with now um I know you. Uh, one thing I saw with Instagram, you have dancing with a guy in a wheelchair who was doing incredible things. That's an extreme example. But yeah. is, is this a is this a place that we're stuck in, or is there are there places to that we can get out of this kind of? It has to be painful. No movement uh, has to be in my life, but it doesn't need to always be painful. It can be challenging. Uh, and that challenge uh, is rewarding me, but I don't miss pain. Like I don't miss <laughs> the classical ballet dancer pain. Like sometimes even finishing the show, dancing and jumping and the curtain is down, but I can't even walk home. Dougal, I was like, uh, like a, I needed Zimmer frame to go home basically, wow. I'll take a taxi. Because once the adrenaline wears off, you're like, mm. oh, reality. Oh. How do you get out of that? How do you, what, how, is it just because you're older and wiser and, and uh, is that it? Is it that simple? Hot bath helps. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I now work with people with different abilities, like people who have gone through a lot of trauma, um, mm. people with uh, um, so much to offer and they don't have to dance via pain. They can dance and the movement can be really interesting, but it could be guided and supported. Uh, and and um, Could you give us an example? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I work with Independence, which is a um, um, charity organization dance company in Glasgow uh, for people with different abilities, with disabilities. And, and uh, two of our... Uh, artists have down syndrome so their learning process and their movement is is very unique and you know for me it's super interesting and and it just keeps like developing but i don't ever want them to dance with pain because for them dance is expression and they escape to the dance world to understand and you know make the world their own so dance can be so many things what is the what is the the audience experience do you think uh around when they see somebody like a down syndrome dancer or in a wheelchair it's, what is what is uh, i mean it looks different clearly uh, but real and real. That, that's real people and people who are part of society who have something to offer which maybe they haven't had voice before mm. and voice I mean via their their expressive movement and and for me it's just 
really unique and, and in, interesting. How, how will I shape it and how will I show it and how will they link to other dance artists? So it's almost like opposite to what classical ballet is like. It's, I'm coming from such a routine and structured world and now I'm in this kind of um, freestyle. Um, everything is allowed. Uh, fantastic like opportunities for anybody mm. who wants to dance mm. and uh, and I mean with Joel when we did the the 111 the production with uh, with me and and somebody who uses a wheelchair because uh, how do you how do you connect these two bodies which are so different and uh, and move so differently but Finding the connective tissue, finding the link between that—that's really interesting. For what, me. what 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 was it? What what? How do you bring those two movements? Well, we had a third element. We had a scaffold on mm. stage, which was metal scaffold, which is like a structure. So I mean, he's he has this chair, which is titanium structure, which helps him to move like that, and I have my so-called ballet structure or ballet bar, which has helped me to become who I am. So, I mean, if you're clever, if you're open, if you're creative, you'll always find links between different humans. And, and uh, I mean, it's all about letting your imagination run wild and, and, and being able to put it out there for people to see that, um, I mean, movement, as we talked with you, movement is medicine. You can't stay static because then you'll just get stiff and, uh, and will not enjoy life to its full opportunity. I mean, it's, it's bringing a little bit of almost tears to my eyes because you're talking in the same way about dance uh, that I, you know, I feel about in the yoga world, we are kind of often like classical ballet dancers, like you must like this and yeah it's very straight often in lines I, I, i'm in my amateurs appreciation of modern and contemporary dance is much more circles and organic shapes and wiggles and squiggles and uh natural recovery yeah is that is that true and in in a way looking at a what i call a functional yoga practice is like you and uh, uh the titanium wheelchair dancer like Two people come into a room and just move completely differently, but they feel and express themselves. And you can see that from the outside and it's beautiful. I know, I know. And, and the fascination, we talked about the, the fascination about uh, even bodies or like one mm -hmm. side is equal to the other side and, and nobody is like that. And that has to be said often and loud that uh, there is no um, perfect body. There is, you know, if you put perfect body, it's not interesting. It's not actually real. <laughs> so um, I think when we, when we show me via my choreography and work that uh, any body can move, dance and, and, uh, and has a voice, then I think that encourages people to come to see dance, different dance and come to yoga. And, you know, I'm that good old faithful. I'm not flexible enough for yoga. 
or like <laughs> I don't understand dance. Yeah, it's like um, there is not one interpretation <laughs> for yeah, our. Says, yeah, it's been, it's been an absolute. Uh, we've come up along uh, at time. We have uh, we're running out. Um, it's been a wonderful discussion. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to share that we haven't talked about? Or what are you What are you working on these days? Um, well, I finished um, my piece Entwined uh, for Independence, and that will uh, be premiering this summer. But I have a new project in Scotland, so this time dance and poetry together. Ah. So no music, but um, we 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 would put. Um, movement and spoken word together. So again, I, something new, um, which I'm trying out and, and uh, wanna try. So I think uh, being open-minded, like anything uh, which you didn't think could be <laughs> um, strengthening your practice might be actually uh, very useful to try. Um, so my, I encourage people to not only try Hatha or Yin Yoga or Ashtanga or, um, you know, Ayengar, but try Kundalini, try, I mean, anything which, uh, uh, which you think you don't like, try it mm. and see why you don't like it. Or, or maybe, I think, be brave is my, uh, my, my, uh, you have that on a t-shirt somewhere? <laughs> Root to rise. It's my t-shirt. <laughs> Root to rise. <laughs> Root to rise, yes. But yeah, being brave, I think that's helped me um, mm. with yoga as well. And for my uh, learning from you that you can have two careers. You can have afterlife and, and enjoy it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, thank you, Jugal. You, you've been inspiration to me. And I never met you. No, we have like, to. I was about to say. I'm coming. I'm coming to the coming to the summer performance if it's in Scotland. Brilliant! Yeah, it is eighth of July in Glasgow. Okay. Deal. Deal. Thank you. Thank you, Eve. Take care. And you. All the best. Uh,